Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, always available on the go with the free Odyssey app downloaded today. And just search 910 The Fan to hear me Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. It's the best app out there for music, play-by-play, or sports talk. It gives you the ability to pause the show, run some errands, rewind, and then pick up right where you left off. Download the Odyssey app today for free. Uh, so we wanted to go around the NFL right now here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on AWOD Radio. All right, Stubb, make sure the dings and the dongs are ready for this one. NFL Conference Championship Weekend Winners and losers. You know, I'll start us off here with an interesting winner because they became a loser in the second half. But, Stub, my first winner of the week here is the Lions' first half offense. Oh, I mean, yeah. they just looked, you know, unbelievable. It was great if you're a Commanders fan to see Ben Johnson carve up the uh, Niners' defense like that. Unbelievable first half offense. Have to be deserving of winner of the week. They really got my hopes up. I was sitting there so excited for them, and and they really did crush me at the end there. I yeah. <laughs> I was so sad. Uh, my first winner, I'm going to give to Travis Kelsey. It's ridiculous how well he's been playing in these playoff games. He didn't have a great regular season, it seemed, but wow, just working with Mahomes for these these touchdowns every single game, it's it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Travis Kelsey because he, he was in my list as well. Just, I mean, he, he's a superstar. And what do superstars do in big games? Uh, they take their play to the next level. Travis Kelsey caught 11 of his targets. Oh, yeah, all 11 of the times he was thrown it to him, he had a catch for 116 yards and a touchdown, recording 3.5 receptions over the expected amount, his most in a game since 2018. I mean, he was just spectacular. Next-gen stats on the NFL says the odds of Kelsey catching all 11 of his targets was 0.6%. One in 156% chances, and he did it. And he got the win. 11 catches on 11 receptions or 11 targets for 116 yards and a touchdown. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. He also broke Jerry Rice's record for most career receptions in a postseason. And, and and he didn't even care when they asked him about that after the game. It was all about the team win. Uh, I love Travis Kelsey. Definitely deserving of a winner of the week. Uh, let's move over to losers of the week here. Now, this is an interesting one because I gave winner of the week to the Lions' first-half offense. One of my losers of the week, though, I'm going to point to Dan Campbell. And, and look, I, I, look, people can have their opinion. You know, Michael Phillips said, look, he was just being the same guy that he was all season long, going for two, going for it on fourth down, right? He went for two at the seven-yard line against the Cowboys. I called him stupid for that. I'm calling him stupid for the way he coached that second half. I mean, you just can't keep going for fourth down when you're not getting it and your team's not scoring. You can't give up that big of a lead in a game that gets you to the Super Bowl. Dan Campbell, loser of the week. I, I think that if if the alternate happened and he kicked it instead of going for it on fourth down like usual, I think I would have been more mad at him. I respect him for being the same coach throughout, not giving up because it was a big game. I know it didn't work, but I, right. I, I, I No, but I, I see it. what you're saying there, and I agree with you. Like He, sta- he stuck to his guns. I have to stick to my guns. I called him stupid for going for two <laughs> against the Cowboys from the seven-yard line. I thought that was dumb. 
right? Like I, yeah. I just view it from my perspective as a head coach, as a guy that plays Madden, you never go for two there. And so I'm going to say the same thing in a big game. Yes, he, he stuck to his guns of the same thing of always going for it, but it was stupid because if you play Madden, you kick the field goal there and you give your team a chance to get a stop and get the ball back. You just can't keep going for it on fourth down when it's not working. Not me when I play Madden, but hey, I'm sure if you're you're trying to consistently <laughs> win. Uh, I'm you can talk a lot of smack. We might have to bring in an Xbox <laughs> and go head to head. We might have to. We might have to. All right. My loser is going to be Zay Flowers. The taunt into the Ooh. fumble. It's, it's, yeah. It was just it was just sad. It was so sad right. to see. I, he really... He could have won them that game and, and kind of fumbled it at the worst possible moment. I will give him credit. You know, he had the fumble. Then he had the, the laceration on his finger, right, because he was so ticked off at what yeah. he had done <laughs> that he cut himself by slamming, uh, you know, the bench. But he did make another play after that. Um, but you're right, definitely deserving of loser of the week for the combination of the taunting penalty and then the fumble. Yeah, you can't have back-to-back dumb plays like and that. And it being by the guy he taunted to force the fumble, yeah. it was just – it was poetic in the worst possible yeah. way. I'm going to go back to um, another winner of the week here, and I'm going to give it to Chiefs coach Andy Reid. Uh, I read an article on USA Today. They claim that he was calculated and confident in his decisions in the first, first quarter, trusting his defense to deliver a quick stop on the opening drive and then going for it on fourth and two from Baltimore's 41. Uh, it was a big play. Who made the catch? Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, winner of the week, going back to the big game. I'm going to give another winner to CMC. I mean, you just hand that guy the ball, you're going to get yards. It's crazy yeah. for them to have someone that reliable. I think he got, what, two touchdowns, maybe three? Just an incredible performance from him. I, I, he, is, he is definitely should be in the discussion for MVP. I know it's too late to really vote, but as a non-quarterback, well, I think he's the number one pick. Yeah, I mean, he, he was just he was spectacular. It wasn't just running the ball. He also caught it four times for 42 yards. So he combined uh, catching and running, had 132 all-purpose yards, two touchdowns on the ground um, for the game. But I think the difference in that NFC Championship game was in the first half, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs both oh, yeah. had a few explosive runs, right? In the first half, they both had a 15-yarder and a 16-yarder, and the Lions running game was getting about seven or eight yards a pop. In the second half, it was the Niners running game uh, that was doing so well, and that was, of course, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you barely, you, you know, he was getting five or six yards before they even put a hand on him. Uh, he was just so good in the game. Uh, I'll give a... Winner of the week to the 49ers' second-half defense, right? They locked in defensively in the second half. Yeah, and that is so fair. And, and I wanted to go back to that, that initial running from the Lions. That, that first touchdown from, uh, was it Montgomery? There was, a, there was a clip on Twitter of Chase Young just kind of like jogging yep. and slapping his shoulder. And, man, I am yeah. so mad that Chase Young is going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, <laughs> did you see that there was a report, though? Chase Young might be going to the Super Bowl, correct? But he might not be playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, I saw there's a report that came out from uh, NFL Notify. The Niners will consider benching defensive end Chase Young for the Super Bowl because he's made a habit of taking several plays off, and the 49ers yeah. have started to view him as a liability. I don't know if that was just the social media backlash, but everybody was talking about that play you just mentioned where Chase Young's kind of jogging, not going yeah. at 100% speed, and Montgomery gets into the end zone. And I feel like we see one of those clips on Twitter just about every game he plays. It keeps happening, yeah. and uh, 
Not too sad to have lost him in Washington. I'm going to give another loser to the Lions, uh, Kendall Vindor, a quarterback. He was the one who got the ball to the face to give IU oh, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. uh, that huge reception. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give a loser of the week to the Ravens offensive coordinator. The, I mean, I just don't know how they don't score more than 10 points in the biggest game of the season. It's just wild to me, right? I mean, yeah. look, they score on, on one of their opening drives, and they're, and so it's 7-7 in the first quarter. You know, I, I would have bet you 50 bucks that they would have ended up with at least 14 points for the game, not 10, right? And and you know what? Winner of the week, Neil Greenberg, who told me to bet the under 42.5 in this game, and I said, no way. These are two superstars, MVP quarterbacks. They're going to score at least 20 points each. He was so correct in that. Yeah. It, it, the 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 weather was not a factor, right? Uh, you know no, that was one thing that he he mentioned uh, that could play a factor. This no, it was about the Chiefs' defense locking in and the Ravens' offense just blowing opportunities. Yeah, and I, I think my last loser I'm going to give out to America. I'm sure you saw those edits of Lamar Jackson in the entire world versus Kansas City or all the people rooting for the Lions. Uh, to me, this was a worst-case scenario weekend. I, I don't think you feel the same, but I was, <laughs> I was, it was a back-to-back devastation for me. Really? That, yes. You were that affected by the Ravens and Lions losing? I was really affected by the Lions. I wanted them to win so bad, and they got my <laughs> hopes up. It was, did, you, was, did you start sm- talking smack to your friends at halftime? <laughs> well, they were rooting for the Lions, too. This is the most emotional football game has ever gotten me. I will say that much. <laughs> I was mad. <laughs> 24 to 7 up at yeah. half and then losing 34 to 31. Anybody that supported the Lions, you are now losers of the week. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in 833-804-0910 833-804-0910. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the New Sports Radio 910 the Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. So Stubb made an appearance on Saturday at my live broadcast for VCU at Davidson from Rams House. And uh, that was a ton of fun, Stubb. Really good crowd there. I know that uh, they were there supporting the Rally app, which is a really cool thing that was invented by VCU students to try to get people to kind of uh, talk back and forth on an app the way you would at the Siegel Center when you're watching at home. Um, so I thought the uh, the turnout of Rams House was awesome. Yeah, I, I was there early. I was watching the Tech game with my friends, but it, it, it seemed like a good crowd. And what, I, I also don't understand this app. Do you? Is it like a big group chat? Yeah, it's kind of like a big group chat. Like you can you could kind of post emojis. <clears throat> the way they explain it to me is it's like a mix of Twitter and Reddit. Uh, but right there on your on your phone for college basketball fans. So uh, started at VCU. I know. I think they're taking it to uh, to other schools as well. And so they were out there. Um, they, you know, they had like a, a rapper performing at halftime. I was doing my halftime show. Stub, you saw my pregame show as well. And um, you know, big win for VCU. I thought that was awesome. And um, you know, I had a had myself a victory shot and a few beers after that, after that game. And so uh, just a really good time Saturday night. And, Stubb, I uh, did want to thank you for coming out. You might support Michael Phillips' play-by-play, <laughs> but you got to see my, my pregame show live. That was cool. Yeah. That, hey, I no hate to your play-by-play. <laughs> <laughs> I was just giving a shout-out to my boy MP. No, no, I'm just messing I with know, you. All right, so we, we mentioned that the matchup is set for – the Bud Light Big Game will be headed out to Vegas for it next week. But also the matchup is set for the 2024 
Puppy Bowl. Who are the competitors, Stub? All right, so there are quite a few. So I, I picked the five, uh, I think, strongest-looking puppies from each team. All right, I like that. So from Team Fluff, we have— Ooh, it's a good name. Yeah, team Fluff, it's Team Fluff versus Team Rough. Ooh. All right. All right, so, I'll tell you, based off the names, I am Team Fluff. I, I, uh, I, don't, like a, I don't like a dog that does this, you know, stop barking. Like, shut up already. All right, we get it. You're hungry. So am I. All right. So I think that these are the players to look out for on Team Fluff. We got Dee Dee. Okay. Snack Prescott, Patrick Ooh, Mabones, Vignette, and Captain Chaos. Ooh. Now, I'm looking at the team as well. <laughs> I think you're sleeping on Dash's ability to put the team on his back. This Pomeranian pup is a freaking cutie. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Dude, I, Dash is my favorite player. Captain Chaos is, is I think, you need to look out for. I, with a name like that. Captain Chaos. With a name like Captain Chaos, you know he's about to run the ball. Through Team <laughs> Rough. Oh, Patrick Mabones is a cute dog, too. I'm trying to si find, uh, what is his name again? McGruff? McGu what did you call him? Vignette, <laughs> uh, 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 Captain Chaos, Patrick Mabones. Captain Chaos, that's Captain what I Chaos, need to find. Yeah. Where is He's, Captain Chaos? He I'm looks like an all-star. Oh, there he is. Captain. It, oh, man, Captain Chaos, yeah. You know, that. that's, uh, what is that, a Doberman? We I have don't like know a my dog, dog like breeds that. very well. <laughs> yeah, I don't know dog breeds that well, but but that that looks like a pup right there that's going to get up to like sixty or seventy pounds. Uh, but right now he's got the agility, he's got the athleticism to put Team Fluff on his back. Uh, team Fluff, a lot of good competitors. Man, all right, let's get to Team Rough though yeah. now. And Where's, I just want to give Team I want to give a shout that? out. I think I think Patrick Mabones. Anyone named after him? That's going to be two hundred passing yards from Patrick Mabones, if I had to guess. <laughs> All right, yeah. Team Rough, I think to look out for. We got Mr. Bean, Niner, Peanut Pretzel, okay. Small Ed, and Guy Furrieri. Guy Furrieri. Yeah, Guy Furrieri. What, uh, what kind of dog is Guy Furrieri, does Guy, it say? <laughs> Guy Furrieri, it does not say, but he yeah. is furry. If you could take a look at him, I, <laughs> I don't know if he'll be able to see there is so much fur covering his eyes. Now, Stubb, I know you, you recently started watching a lot of football and getting into it, but how many years have you seen the Puppy Bowl? I've never seen the Puppy Bowl. Really? Yeah. Now, it's the cutest thing ever. It's not uh, an event that you should be betting on. I'm not <laughs> sure I'm not sure how the scoring works at all. They just could they you know, they pine, they kind of put like just a bunch of <laughs> dog toys in like a uh, you know, in like a stadium looking cage. And I think the puppies try to, like, pick the toy up and run it to the other side. Uh, it, it's amazing. The play-by-play -play is, is fantastic. But the dogs are just so cute. And it, it is so much fun to see them. Uh, you know, eventually they always get into a bit of a tug-of-war. Tug of <laughs> and that's, sure like, do. the best part. That's, like, the tush-push right that's there. The that's must-watch television. Dude, I'm, yeah. I'm taking that's the best part. I'm taking another look at Niner from Team Rough. you got to take a look at this, this player. I, I think this really? is an all-star. There's not 49 of them. There's not 49ers. There's just one <laughs> Niner here. And, and I, I, this, this looks like a classic dog right here. Really? Oh, I'm looking at Guy Furrier now. That's a beast. <laughs> but I think you're sleeping on Lady Luck, too, Lady for Luck? Team Rough. She's a little cutie. Oh, yeah. she I, What is your perfect size and weight for a dog? Like, I, I've always said I love a dog that's like 25 to about 35 pounds, um, like a little bit furry, but not like crazy. Uh, you know, shedding all over the place, but also not like a, a naked dog. I, I need like a a little bit of a little bit of rough. No, I follow, and and I'm conflicted here because um, I, I am hypoallergenic, which means I'm oh, allergic are. to most dogs. But mm -hmm. the golden retriever to me is the perfect animal. 
I okay. love them. I, I love a big dog. Most of them aren't. So at home, I got a, I got a little tiny crusty dog that that has that has hair instead of fur. Love him because mm-hmm. uh, he is hyperallergenic and he's very energized. But I love a big dog. Okay. Okay, so you like a, you want to be able to play fetch with your dog? I basically. do want to play I'm, fetch. I for some reason I've always I've liked a lap dog. I want to be able to cuddle <laughs> up with a dog. That's my favorite thing. Yeah, l- I, I, you know what we're sleeping on? Willie, Willie from Team Rough here. Look, he looks like Travis Kelsey. I mean, he looks exactly like oh, Travis wow, Kelsey. He does look like Travis Kelsey, right? This, this <laughs> has got to be with their the beard end. that he's got going on there. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't oh, look like funny. a puppy. He's he's too yeah. And sort of striker right underneath him. This is not looking mm-hmm. like a puppy. They might need to. No, striker looks like an offensive line. That's a dog. That's your Jason. <laughs> that's not a puppy. That's yeah. a dog. I think that we should probably. No. I'm going to need my, to see some MVP, birth certificates. I might be looking at right above him, Vasco, a dog from Team Rough. That, that's a that's my perfect size and weight right there. Perfect length of hair. That's a cutie. Also, I love. I love an all-black nose like that, right, with oh, a little yeah. darkness around it. I think that's – you know what? I'm also a sucker for a dog with big eyes. Of course. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's that's a classic cute animal trait. Right. You can't – That's a classic right there. I, take I, a you know what I don't it. love, though, is like a blue-eyed dog. I don't know why. That, that <laughs> kind of That's kind of weird to me, right? Skipper's it, it a blue-eyed a dog. I'm not human. a big fan. Uh, take take yeah. a look over at Peanut Pretzel, a pug whose eyes are yeah. facing different directions. I think that's an ugly dog. Am, am I allowed to <laughs> I th- say that? I think you're allowed to say Peanut that. Peanut Pretzel just got um, <laughs> demoted to the second unit Peanut, from Peanut me. Pretzel uh, is probably going to have some drop passes. His eyes are looking now, two tornado, different directions. <laughs> look at Tornado, the way his ears are going different directions. That's a cute dog. That's a cute dog. And look, dog. He even he's even like shaved... Part of his arm, you know. <laughs> is this? I don't know radio? what that's about. Uh, is this? Is this entertaining? <laughs> As we talk about pictures well, of dogs. I know a lot of people are going to be watching the Puppy Bowl. I'm okay. just telling you, everybody tunes in, men, women, children, adults, because it's always during that three-hour stretch where you're like, "All right, I've seen enough of the pregame show. I'm ready for the damn game to start." <laughs> All right, I'll throw on the Puppy Bowl while we wait. Okay. If you want to chime in, you've got your perfect dog. You've got your perfect competitor for the 2024 Puppy. Bowl, you can chime in 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We were hoping Matt Valdez, the producer of the Sports Junkies, was going to drive down to Richmond and dye his hair Odell Beckham blonde, but he is upset because the Ravens lost, and he kind of uh, feels like he put his his uh, marbles on the line here for the Ravens to win and uh, has not been happy with the defeat and has taken it out on the junkies on Twitter. He'll join us at 145. Matt Shelton Ide, founder of VCU Ram Nation at 230. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck for the return of Burger Night, that's every Monday at three of their Richmond area locations, Innsbruck, Downtown, or Midlothian. Get a cheeseburger for just $2.95 or add bacon and beer cheese for $3.95. Not going to find a better deal than that around town. Of course, I'm broadcasting live here every Monday throughout the rest of the NFL season. Come on by, grab a beer, and check out the show. Take an extended lunch break here on a Monday. You deserve it. We'll get into the Commanders. In the 2 p.m. hour, talk about Ben Johnson. I believe he's going to be the next head coach, even though Adam Schefter's coming out on the Pat McAfee show right now and making headlines, saying that it's not locked in stone. We'll talk VCU hoops with Matt Shelton-Eyde 
at 2.30. But joining us right now on the Adid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, uh, he is a crab enthusiast and a golf expert and also a diehard Ravens fan. It is Rick Valdez, Matt Valdez on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. What's going on, Matt? Hey, Adam. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, and we were all here in Richmond excited and looking forward to the day that you drove that old beater car down 95 to get your hair dyed Odell Beckham blonde. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen, though. No, it's not. It was a shocking and tough one yesterday. Uh, But you know what? I will say next year if they win the Super Bowl, I promise to do the same thing for you, Adam. Oh, I love that. We got a year-long sweat now, 365-day sweat. Now, the reason I wanted to get you on the show is because of your tweet that I saw uh, making headlines, over 30,000 impressions right now. That's the kind of impact in the DMV Matt Valdez has. I put my balls out on the line. No one on the show made any predictions before the games today. I can't wait for Bish to say, we'll see for every game. Terrific, terrific tweet there. <laughs> Thank you. I did put my balls out on the line. I called them the the, the the Super Bowl champions prematurely, but with with cause. This just wasn't a, a tingle play that I had on the Ravens. This wasn't me being blinded by super fandom, but the statistics align. The Ravens, and I think I told you this on Friday, the Ravens DBOA, which measures efficiency, for lack of a, a better term, Offense and defense was the highest of all time, and that includes the great teams like the 85 Bears, like the undefeated 2007 Patriots, even the beloved 91 Redskins. Um, there are statistics that, batched, uh, that, that uh, backed my claim, and I really thought it was the year they've been playing great. Um, the coaching has been playing great. Uh, they're able to game plan well, adjust well, and they kind of just got – uh, a shock to their system, it looked like yesterday. Um, if it, it could be any team that's, that's not the Ravens next year, if they had the same kind of DVOA and the same kind of statistical trend that the Ravens did, I probably would call them uh, uh, the greatest team of all time or crown them Super Bowl champs. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think what went wrong was it came down to experience in the big moment. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and the head coach, Andy Reid, just have more of that experience than this young Ravens team, especially a guy like Zay Flowers, who made uh, two just terrible mistakes there in the second half. But I want to get to the bottom of Rick Valdez here. You you were upset, I think, at sports hosts in general that just sit on the fence and don't pick sides. Well, I was upset. I was upset that our show, our show had no preview of the game or any of the games for the weekend. Nobody made any picks. And here I am, uh, proclaiming that this is the best team of all time, that, that they're, that they're going to win the Super Bowl. And I didn't, and uh, they just let me cook. They, they were watching yeah. the, the chef cook and no one offered any, uh, any kind of counterpoint. Nobody made any kind of prediction on the game and then that just that ricked me getting it getting attacked and getting mocked because i put my balls out on the line no one else had any skin <laughs> in the game it felt like it was all it was just all about these 
I know, but you know what? It was entertaining radio. I, here's the problem with your hot take, and it was a hot take. I mean, if people missed it, he called the Ravens maybe the best NFL team of all time, better than that Patriots team that won 17-0, even though they eventually did lose the big game as well. The problem with your hot take is that I don't think you're ever going to be able to claim IJS again. You can't say it's just sports when you have that hot of a take about your team. Look, at the end of the day, it is a sport, and we, we are passionate about it. But you, you, it, it does help to keep some perspective. It's not, the, it's not everything in life, and that's probably what's going to get me to training camp uh, after a loss like that is, uh, is telling me that. And then uh, I guess I have to look forward to pitchers and catchers reporting. Well, the other thing is that, you know, you've been in this industry for longer than me here, and a lot of the things I've learned about radio are from you and Drab. I give you guys a, a ton of credit for that. Uh, but it's all about taking the emotional aspect out of it, and I do think the Ravens are the only team left maybe that gets you really that emotional. Like, you're a Terp, but I'm not sure that Maryland basketball gets you feeling the way the Ravens do. Well, it's, just, it's also, you know, uh, I, I, I just think that this was their year. I, I guess it's hard to describe. <laughs> Obviously not, Matt. <laughs> it was hard to describe because this was the best. This was the best team that I've seen in Ravens history. You know, and I've right. watched. I've watched all, pretty much every single game in franchise history. And this team this year was the best ever assembled. I mean, the stats. The stats backed up backed up the claim, and it wasn't just the the eye test. But they had the numbers to prove it. And if you're unable to win a Super Bowl, let alone get to the Super Bowl with what you think is the best team that you've watched since 1996 uh, when the franchise came to Baltimore, then, you know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty demoralizing. Because if you can't, yeah. if you can't win a Super Bowl with, with this loaded of a team, then the team's got some problems. And it's going to be hard to win, and it's going to be hard to win if, if you can't even get there. And Valdez was so emotionally invested that he stepped back onto Twitter after getting off the app for quite some time. He's on Twitter at Matt underscore Valdez, sitting over well, twenty-two everyone, thousand everyone followers. Was clamoring. Everyone yeah. was clamoring for my for my opinion, and I just I gave the people what they wanted. Um, you know, it just all of uh, all of the naysayers came out of the woodworks after the game yesterday. You know, everyone just sits. Everyone sits on the sideline. Uh, and, and waits for I guess waits for the shoe to drop, uh, and then adds their two cents. So I was I was entertaining everyone. Um, I was uh, I was given a piece of my mind about what they should yeah. do in the future, and uh, I was but just giving the people what they wanted. What I can't tell is a bit or not though. It is that you're, you seem to be over Lamar Jackson. You, you said you voted yes, that he's a choker in the playoffs. You, you, you tweeted several times that you would like to have him traded. You're over Lamar Jackson. Are you doing a bit here, or are you just too emotionally invested? I mean, what's, this, what's going on no, with Lamar? I no, think, I think, I think it, like I said, if, if Lamar is unable to get to a Super Bowl with the team that was assembled, um, then I think he must be the problem, and it's time to move on. Heck, I would even I would even uh, uh, cons strongly consider strongly consider moving on from John Harbaugh too. I I propose this, and this is a this is a trade that I would I would do in a heartbeat. Is if the Commanders would offer up their second overall pick and some sort of package that included Lamar Jackson, I would entertain it. I probably would do it. 
because it's obvious that Lamar has his limitations, especially uh, in the in the in the playoffs, not necessarily yeah, but don't the you preseason. Understand how cra- that just sounds so crazy after a 13 and four MVP type season, and, and you lose to the Kansas City Chiefs, who always get to the Super Bowl. You know, every year only one team ever makes it out of the AFC. At least you got to the big game. I would kill. Yeah, for but that. getting there, Adam, you know this. Getting there is not enough. You know, you can't you can't just keep celebrating bronze and silver medals, right? You want to win the whole thing, and if there seems to be a common a common shortcoming that's happening every year, then why would you continue down that path? Insanity because is doing the you same are so thing you are such a spoiled fan. You're such a spoiled. You've been to what four AFC title games in your lifetime? Well, I've been to zero. You've won how many division titles? I don't think you realize just how good you've got it. Being a Ravens fan, where Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl, that should have never happened. You've already hoisted the Lombardi Trophy. You've had so much success. Yes, you didn't win it all this year, but just take like I have a friend. All right, he's my age and he lives in Baltimore. Over the weekend, he was posting photos of every AFC title game that he's been at, and it was like four or five photos in my lifetime. I've never been to one of those big games. Well, your inadequacies uh, shouldn't reflect how I feel about my team. I just feel that that all all of these shortcomings, there seems to be a common thread, and that it's that Lamar is losing in these games. He may not be the the, the main reason for the loss, but he is losing. And what I was saying is insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. And we're on the verge of insanity here. We keep getting <laughs> to these games and we keep running it back with the same team and the same coaches and going, oh, shucks, maybe next year will be our year. And when you keep doing that, you're not going to end up in the Super Bowl. You're not going to win anything. You need to change something if things are not going correctly. And that's why I propose the change. I, I would propose a change in head coach and moving oh on God. from Lamar Jackson. See, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Insanity, to me, is also suggesting you trade the league MVP. You're upset. Your team lost. You're not going to be saying this in three weeks, Valdez. We know that. The stock has never been higher. The stock has never been higher. You're going to get the best price you can for him now. And you can and you can try and and get at that uh, goal of of a Super Bowl next year with a different cast of characters. And if that doesn't work, then you infect change again. Keep changing. Keep adapting. Keep evolving until you reach your goal. Yeah, so let's trade Lamar Jackson and draft three quarterbacks while we're at it, right? That's that's Matt Valdez's key to success. Look, <laughs> look, Alex Alex Smith had the Kansas City Chiefs uh, in the same position that the Baltimore Ravens were in, where they were contending, they were playoff teams, they were they were on the fringe of of winning the division. Alex Smith uh, was was good in in, in San Francisco. Uh, he was good with Andy Reid and Kansas City. And they didn't, they didn't become complacent. They wanted to draft the be- uh, one of the best quarterbacks that was available. And that's what you're going to have to do if you want to beat Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes is you've got to find somebody better than Patrick Mahomes. And Lamar Jackson is not better than Patrick Mahomes. So you've got to do whatever you can. You have to uh, turn up every rock 
Uh, you have to look at every every college quarterback there is and try and find the person who can beat him because Lamar Jackson is not the guy who can beat Patrick Mahomes. He's well the guy said, that Matt. can win you. He's the guy that can win you a regular season MVP. He's not the guy who can win you an AFC Conference Championship game. Well, the proof will be in the pudding in the next few years, right? Uh, that is true. But, uh, but, that, but that's what I would propose uh, the, the organization to do. Is to, I'm going to hold it to you. Re- I'm, I'm going to hold you to it. Re- I'm going to ask you, in three months from now, I'm going to ask you in six months from now if you still feel the same way about Lamar Jackson. Right. You, you cannot become complacent and you cannot rest on your laurels as an organization if you're not accomplishing the goal of going to the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. Valdez, we appreciate you taking the time, and thanks for the strong opinions. We love hosts with opinions on the fan. (laughs) Thanks, Adam. Yep. That's Matt Valdez from the Sports Junkies. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Capitol Ale House here in Innsbruck, as you can Check me out here on Mondays from 12 to 3 p.m. And, of course, Burger Night is back, 3 p.m. to close. You can get a cheeseburger for just $2.95 or add bacon and beer cheese for $3.95. We just had Rick Valdez on the fan joining us right now. Another Rick, Rick Snyder, Sergeant Snyder in the AWOD Army, joins us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. What's going on, Rick? Oh, not much. It's pretty quiet here in Washington today. So what is the latest with Ben Johnson in, in your view? Is he going to be hired this week as the commander's next head coach? I think someone's going to be hired by the end of the week. I'm not sure it's Ben Johnson. Could be. I mean, here's where I think they really stand. They're, they're doing a couple interviews today, the Baltimore guys, Anthony yep. Weaver and Mike McDonald. And then uh, they're going to meet with Dan Quinn again, who they've met. Uh, and then they're going to be in Detroit, and they're going to be talking to Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn tomorrow. It's nice when you're rich, have your own plane. So <laughs> here's who I think wins. I, I think they're all still in play. And I think it's whoever commands the room that will get this job. It's not about X's and O's. Everybody knows all this stuff. It's about who can go in there and be the man, you know, yeah. and be the lion unleashed. That's the key. I've seen this happen a few times in the NFL. Like Mike Tomlin, last man interviewed by the Steelers. They were going to go with Russ Grimm. Tomlin went in there and grabbed that job, and, and he's done a great job ever since. But he took yeah. it, you know. And there's guys like that. When, when um, uh, Sean McVay went to L.A., people said, oh, he's too young. And I thought, no, no, I know this kid. He got that job because he was so overwhelming. Even a guy like Buddy Ryan from years ago, he was <laughs> so, so full of bluster. But he, you know, he's there, and he goes, you get me, you get a winner in town. And he had, no, it didn't work out. But, you know, Buddy was never short on confidence. That's yeah. the guy that's going to win this job. I think you're right that that Ben Johnson could be hired, but he has to go and take that job, and unleash the lion, like you said, to get Detroit's offensive coordinator. I love how they're doing all these interviews. They're going about the process the right way. Uh, I do agree. Ben Johnson should get the job, but he's got to take it. He's got to go out there and convince him he's the man to lead the future of the commanders. Uh, there hasn't been much talk as of late about who the defensive coordinator will be. And you know, Let me ask you this question because Michael Phillips believes that the next head coach 
will make the decision about the defensive coordinator. I want Adam Peters to be involved in the D.C. coordinator talk. You know, Bob Myers, Spielman. Like, I want all that advisory board to be involved in the D.C. hire, not just who we hire as the head coach bringing his guy. No, no. The coach gets the pick. If he's wrong, okay. he'll, get, he'll get fired too. But this right. ain't a committee. You, a right, but that's coach, the thing, though, is that if you fail with your defensive coordinator, are you going to give the head coach another chance to hire another guy? Are you going to also tell him he can't hire the guy he wants and force somebody on him? Yeah. No. You have yeah. to let him – if you trust him enough to be your head coach, then you trust him to pick his staff. Now, if it don't work out even after a year, the GM can go to him and go, dude, this ain't working. But you have to give him that first chance to do his own staff, whomever it is. You can't pick other parts of the staff for him, you know, because he's got to live and die with these guys, so he gets the choice. I would never take right. the job if you don't let me pick who I want. Yeah, no, but at the same time, Rick, I mean, that's that's the problem in this league is some guy gets hired and then they bring all their friends with him, and that's why a lot of people don't get an opportunity. Well, okay, I guess there's there's truth to that, and there's also some nepotism that's really grown in the league, too, of, I got a son that's going to coach this. It, you yeah. know, it's become a family business. Right, uh, right. On there. That, that's surprising, too. But, you know, the new coach, not only does he have to lead this team, he has to be a presence in the city. He has to grab the whole town and move yeah. them forward because you got a stadium coming at time and you got to want to have people to buy tickets. He's got to do that. And they've had very few people like that. And it's very few head coaches can really do that. I mean, if we look back on it, North Turner was certainly the right choice as a coordinator to become a head coach here, but he was not a leader of men. It took him about five years to really learn that. You know, Spurrier was a joke. Zorn was a joke. Hmm. Shanahan was so narcissistic he lost his own locker room. Marty <laughs> Schottenheimer had a good presence in the locker room, but failed as a public kind of leader. That was a 9-11 situation that he retreated from. I mean, so it's, it's rare. You get Gibbs. Gibbs lifted up people. Did a great job like that. He's the only guy that I would say really did that in the last 30 years. Do you have any idea who Ben Johnson might like to bring in as a defensive coordinator? My my home run would be somehow convincing Mike Vrabel to become D.C. I think he'll probably sit out a year and then eventually be a, a head coach again. But that like, that's the kind of leader that I think would be perfect as a defense coordinator. I have given it zero thought. <laughs> I'll yeah. tell you the truth. Because yeah. I'm worried – because I, I can't play roto ball with coaches like that. I mean, I guess you got to kill four hours, but I don't. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that's why I don't even think about those kind of things. Um, you know, it's just whoever he takes, you know, take them. Now, then we'll judge him after he picks one. But we can't sit there and, and this isn't a, you know, a pick menu of, okay, I'll take this and I'll take that. It, you're all in on one guy. And then we'll see who but he it, takes. Yeah, but it is a pick menu with the number two overall pick for the Washington Commanders. Uh, Rick, have you changed your mind at all about who you'd like Washington to draft a quarterback? I'm not saying they should draft a quarterback there. You know, you're going to hate me after the show. I'm not coming on forever. <laughs> but, uh, but here's the thing: at number two, I'm not into Caleb Williams business. I can tell you that. Yeah, so, yeah I've heard sure. that before. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are going to be interesting. The Senior Bowls this week, you know, Penix is going to play in it. you got the Combine coming in about three weeks or so. Those kind of things are going to move these quarterbacks up and down, and then we can kind of get a feeling of 
who do we really, really think is it? I don't see a generational quarterback in this group. But if I'm the commanders, I pretend there is one, and I sell it to somebody down the road, and I go get more picks, and I get more in this team because this team does not have anywhere on it that you can't upgrade. But you can live with Sam Howell. I think Howell was not utilized enough, and he was beat up too much and all kinds of things. Sam Howell can still be your quarterback even for a year if you want. And I would take that pick and peddle it, you know, as hard as you can, and we'll see what kind of magic Adam Peters has as a GM. Rick Snyder with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media at Snyder underscore remarks. Read his work, bigbadrick.wordpress.com. Also a columnist for 106.7 The Fan. So, Rick, what have you heard about the interview schedule over the next few days here for the Commanders? Well, they're doing a few Baltimore guys today. Uh, McDonald and Weaver, and then they're going to Detroit tomorrow. Uh, I, I think Quinn might be tonight, too, but I'm not positive on Quinn. Uh, and then they're going to Detroit, and they have two guys there. Uh, yeah. You know, Glenn, Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson. So uh, by Tuesday night, they should pretty much have run through everything. And on Wednesday, they can – by Wednesday, they should figure out who they want. Then you got to work a contract. I don't know what kind of, you know, pay – you know, Dan Snyder would throw whatever money he wanted at people. I don't know about – yeah, you know, Josh Harris. You got to work out a contract. Maybe you're going to be a cheap SFB. Maybe Seattle's going to come steal your guy. You know right. that you want. That's still in play too. They're still looking for a quarterback. So those kind of things can still make a difference. And that's why I'm thinking it's Wednesday to Thursday that we hear who they signed, and then maybe a pressure on Friday. Mm, that'd be awesome. Press conference Friday, and if we hear the announcement, we will carry it live right here on nine ten. The fan, Rick. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. Right, I see. Yep, that's Rick Snyder. Follow him on social media at Snyder underscore remarks. I'm at AWAD Radio, A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.